0: Well, um, it's so good to be together, and um, as Trevor said, we have been, well, we started in this prayer series, and I have to say, I, I watched online last week, and what a just an amazing way to start a series, by listening to people's experiences around prayer. And if you missed it, we had Wendy Housen, uh we had Cheeto, and uh, we had Mel, and uh, our resident Michael Parkinson, aka Richard Gathard, you know, <laughs> did a wonder, you could, he's very good interview i have to say it facilitated just a wonderful conversation around what what is prayer what does it mean to you how do you experience that and uh, can i just encourage you if you have missed that we are on a myriad of platforms youtube and our smartphone smart device app and our website you can actually catch up with that and i'd encourage you to do so there were some real gems uh, on that and you know the way they started was saying <clears throat> what is prayer and, you know, I liked uh, how Cheeto unpacked that, which was, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> yeah, prayer for him used to be shouting. You know, the, sh- the louder he would shout, the more his prayers would be answered. He didn't say that, but I'm kind of paraphrasing. And there came a moment, a real pivotal moment in Cheeto's life, where uh, he had a picture of himself on one side of the lake and God on the other. And God was like, why are you shouting at me? Why don't we just have a conversation? And it was when he realized that it was relationship, having a conversation. I mean, I don't shout at my wife all the time. How did that come across? <laughs> I don't shout at her at all, obviously. And... Anyway, you get my point. You know, you don't just shout all the time. I mean, you, you have conversations. You, you have seasons where you listen, you know, all that stuff. And so <clears throat> I love the way they all unpack that element. And, you know, the other, the other thing about prayer is it's just being in God's presence. It's communion. It's fellowship. Um, we sang that song earlier, didn't we? That's what we've been created for. We've been created for him. You know, uh, I'm sorry to burst your self-centered bubble, but the reason we've been created is to worship him and enjoy him forever. <laughs> you know, he is the creator. We're the created. Um, and, you know, what are the benefits of prayer? Many. I don't think I have to uh, focus on this, but there are many, right? Healing, asking for direction, repentance, thankfulness. As I said, building relationship, entering his presence. You know, prayer is just a fundamental. You can't take prayer out of your relationship with God. It is, you know, it is the very center of our relationship with him. Um, And so what I want to do, this week is I want to start by looking at uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, 5, 16 to 18. You can turn with it uh, with me if you wish. It'll be on the screen as well. And this is written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Thessalonica. And this is in the section that says final instructions. And I would I would hasten to say and I would suggest that whenever there's a final instructions take heed. That doesn't mean ignore the rest of it, but essentially it's a bit of a, okay, if you're going to take one or two things away, then just listen to this. And I rather like this. Let's read this. Verse 16 says this. It says, um, give thanks in all... uh, No, let me back up. I'm going to go from rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let's read that again. Rejoice always, Pray without ceasing, Uh, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's a good summary. Now, do you ever get to verses in the Bible and you're like, what on earth, how do I even start and begin to do that? Because let's look at the prayer element of this. Pray without ceasing. What does that mean? Well, clearly it doesn't mean continually. Otherwise, I should be praying right now and not speaking to you. And clearly, logic dictates that the Apostle Paul didn't pray continually in, the, in that manner. nor did Jesus, of course, he had times away, but he did other things. So what does it mean with prayer without ceasing? Because I, I don't know if you're like me, but you read something like this, you say, well, I can't do that, so you kind of move on. You ever got those scriptures in the Bible like, I just can't get my head around that, so it's probably best if I move on. Wow, none of you. Okay, uh, forgive me, Lord, it's just me. Um... So, uh, yeah, but I think we need to understand what ceasing means. And actually the root word of without ceasing in the Greek was used to convey a military attack and they would go without ceasing and they would go back and back again until they got the victory. What is that? Persistency and frequency. Pray with persistency and frequency. That's what it means to pray without ceasing. It doesn't mean you wake up at 9 a.m. and you're praying until 10 p.m. or whatever time you go to bed. It means that as you pray, your prayer life is marked with the hallmark of frequency, running into the throne room of God as often as you can and with persistency on that which you are praying for. And so that's what it means. But having said all that, I'm going to confess to you that I have a problem with prayer. I have a problem with prayer. Uh, By the way, if you are visiting, you think, what is this pastor on? Is he a pastor? Yes, I am a pastor, but I am also human and walk in the same journey that you are on. And when I say I have a problem with prayer, it's not in the same way that I have a problem with people that drive too slow. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like 20 and a 30, 40 and a 50, 50 and a 70. Come on, I'm not the only one. (laughs) I mean, secretly, I'm jealous because it probably suggests the pace of life that they have, and I want it. But anyway, in my hectic world, please, can you stick to the speed limit? (laughs) Um, I don't have a problem with prayer in the same way that I have a problem with my children leaving the lights on all the time. I don't know how many times I've told the kids, can you please turn off the toilet light switch downstairs. I don't understand why they can't do that. This is very therapeutic. I'm really enjoying this. (laughs) What other things do I have a problem with? No, I better not go there. (laughs) No, I have a problem in prayer in that I know I want to do it, but I can't do it always. You know, and sometimes I don't even want to when I know it's good for me. And I can't, and I can't be bothered. That's the problem that I have. Anybody else have a similar type of problem? You don't have to put your hands up. It's fine. This is a safe, shameless place. (laughs) I'm just the one that does all the stuff thank you (laughs) so I therefore have entitled this talk the problem with prayer because it's sometimes the elephant in the room in Christian circles and we just we know prayer is good and we know it's important I mean Jesus says when you pray not you should pray I mean it's a given right so I want to address the problem with prayer because I want this to be super practical for you guys Because I'm going to talk on four, four areas that I believe are the top four problems with prayer that we all experience. And I want to name it, because who knows, getting out into the light is a good thing. And then at the end of it, I'm going to give us some suggestions on how we can get over the problem with prayer. Um, So fundamentally, why do we have a problem with prayer? Because the flesh doesn't want it. The world thinks it's foolish, and the devil hates it. I'll say that again. The flesh doesn't want it. The world thinks it's foolishness. And the devil hates it. It's those three things that battle against us. You know, what do I mean by the flesh? Clearly, I don't mean who you are. I mean that fallen nature. You know, we are. when you become a Christian, when you accept Jesus as your savior, it says in the scripture that you're a new creation. But we still have a fallen flesh. That's why Paul says, listen, you've got to feed the spirit. You've got to feed your spirit. Because what happens is if you don't feed your spirit in prayer and and, in worship and reading your Bible and in communion and fellowship with God, what happens is those fleshly desires start growing in you. And so the flesh does not want to pray. It is contrary to our fallen nature. The world thinks it's foolishness. The prevailing culture is not that we would pray without ceasing. And the devil hates it. In fact, I was reminded as I was putting this talk together of a Puritan called Richard Sibes, and I have a book of his called Divine Meditations, and he said this, when we go to God by prayer, the devil knows we go to fetch strength against him, and therefore he opposes us all he can. Listen, prayer is by nature a spiritual activity, and therefore it is a spiritual battle. You know, I think one of the... You get this one for free, the problem with prayer. I've got four, but this is like a prelogue, prologue. We are naive to the spiritual dynamics of prayer. And so we are unaware that we're going into battle. And so what I'm going to do in this talk is expose the tactics of the enemy so we aren't naive. We know what to look out for and we can overcome, be overcomers. You know, I'm reminded of Paul. He said, as we run the race... Can I just say, being a Christian requires commitment. It requires disobedience, disobedience, discipline. (laughs) Oh, dearing me. (laughs) COVID has made my brain really foggy. I'm going to blame that and leave it at that. You know, it it requires effort, doesn't it? Who knows that? Because of the flesh and because of the world and because of the enemy. And so when you pray, there needs to be a commitment and an effort to do so. And so with that, let us look at my top four. Um, Number one. Okay, I don't think this is going to be a shocker to you. And I think this is probably the number one issue we have in our current day. We get busy and distracted. We get busy and distracted. Um, I'll give you a modern example. <clears throat> I have recently um, taken up Instagramming. <laughs> Check you out, Mark. I haven't really been a social media person of, of recently, but I, um, why have I taken up Instagram? Because, you know, when I was a kid, I remember my father gave me his Pentax Asahi SLR camera. Loved it had a couple of lenses, and ever since then, I've always loved photography. I've done it, I've bought lots of cameras, and, and I recently, just I say recently, the last couple of years, love street photography. So if you see me hanging around Harpenden with a camera, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Or I'll, I'll be in South Bank for a day, and just I just love it. Um, and so I thought, you know, I set up a website, and I thought, well, right, let me get on Instagram. So I got on Instagram, and I started posting. I have 60 followers of who, who I have no idea who they are, but... <laughs> there you go. Um, and uh, I discovered the, 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 the pluses and let's say the negatives of Instagram. Because I put my picture, and instantly I'm like, is anyone gonna like my picture? And then I get a like, and I'm like, oh yeah, how many likes can I get? And then I'm like, why has it only got three likes and that one's got like 25? Why? I don't understand that. That was a really good picture. They don't understand the blood, sweat, and tears. I was standing in that spot for an hour before that guy walked past. Do they not realize that? And then you can explore and you see other people and you're like, oh, great. That is amazing. What's the point? And then Instagram is very, very clever. Because, I don't know, I can just, oh, then, yeah. really? whoo, whoa. Wow. You know, when I was uh, ill with COVID, <clears throat> picture me in bed. That came out wrong as well. <laughs> there I am, lying in bed. Box tissues, water, inhaler, Bible, book. I'm reading a John Grisham book at the moment. I love a Grisham novel. Yeah, Racketeers. It's written 2013. It's a very good one. Um, And then my mobile phone. Anyone want to guess what I picked up most frequently? Yeah, my mobile. I got so distracted. I thought, and, and and this is where this concept of a problem with prayer really it was, I was lying there going, Lord, I'm about to preach on prayer in I don't know how long, and I can't even pray properly because I am so distracted. Um, you know, the guy who invented the like button at Facebook has subsequently left and has set up a charity to help people because the way they engineered that like experience is it gives you a dopamine hit. And it's provenly scientifically proven, and the reason they do that, and as you guys know, some of you, I've worked for tech companies, our whole... The whole objective really is to keep you on our platform as long as possible because you are the product and we monetize your eyeballs. So the longer you can stay on the product, the more money we can get. That is the sad truth of it. So, yes, Instagram's very kind for you, it gives you a platform, and there's you know many benefits, but let's not be naive enough to think there's nothing going else going on there. And the enemy does use it. I think we need to be real about this. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, um I'm really sharing about my life and my hobbies this morning. I like Star Trek. Uh, any other star and trekkers? Yeah, well done. Anyone started watching the new Picard thing series season two? Yeah So <clears throat> I was well happy when it came out I need some water. I think we're in, we're in for the long haul. This is good um, <clears throat> Anyway, so there's an episode and, and essentially I don't wanna, I'm not gonna give any plot spoilers But the premise of season two is they go back in time into the early 21st around now and they're walking around, and one of the characters says to the other person, what are they doing? They keep staring at their, their mobile phones all the time. And the other character turned around and said, yeah, that was a thing in the early 21st. I think that is the thing. There's a reason why not just me, but many other preachers have made this one of their main things they talk about, because it is a real problem and a real issue that we are unaware of how distracted we're becoming and how the enemy is speaking to our lives through social media. I'm not saying that social media is bad. It's all neutral. It can be used for good. But let's not be naive. You know, let's not be naive about it. And so that's the first thing. You know, 1 Peter 4, 7. Um, the Apostle Peter said this. The end of all things is near. And if it was near then, it's even nearer now. Therefore, listen, be alert and of sober mind. Why? So that you may... I'm not suggesting that the Apostle Peter knew that we would have mobile phone addiction in the 21st, but it's an issue that we have of this day. Be alert and sober-minded. I want to encourage you. I have a love-hate relationship with my phone, and there's some days I'm like, I'm going to get a hammer and smash that thing. But you know what? I, I try where I'm able to put some discipline around it, you know put it away at a certain time at night, don't take it to my bedroom, all these things. These are real issues, guys. And if we want to be committed to living a life of praying frequently and praying persistently, then I'm going to have to suggest we need to get on top of our mobile phones because our mobile phones are on top of us right now. And it's a real problem and the enemy loves it. Okay, that's the first one. Number two, shame and guilt hold us back. Shame, guilt, condemnation. You know the thing you've watched something you shouldn't have done one evening and then the next morning you're like oh, I can't pray or you said something to somebody or you've done something you're like wow you know what god is really not going to be impressed with me right now and it happens doesn't it you know you had one too many drinks you're like oh that is really I'm supposed to be a christian god is going to beat me up with a stick i mean these things are real and in fact we know it's we can see it in adam and eve's story you know adam and eve had a beautiful relationship with god They walked with God, we know that, in the afternoon call of the shade. Because when sin came into the world, what happened? What was the first thing they did? God went for his normal walk with them, communion, prayer. And where was Adam and Eve? Hiding. Shame. And you see, God had to cover them. And you know, when he sacrificed the animal to clothe him, as that first shedding of blood was a prophetic, it was a typology of the work that Jesus was going to do on the cross to cover our shame and our guilt. And you see, we don't need to be in that naked, shameful state because we are covered by the blood of Jesus. Do we understand that? I mean, listen, I think that if there's one thing you take from it, just please take this. You can go boldly into the throne room of God in spite and despite of whatever you have done. Don't let the enemy stop you because of condemnation and guilt and shame. Please. Jesus died for that very thing that we would have restored communion, that we would be clothed with his righteousness, with his holiness, so that we can enter the presence of God. Thank you. This is really important. I, is this, are you getting this? Good, because it's so important. Whatever you have done, it's okay. As far as the east is from the west, so far transgress- are my transgressions from him, okay? Good. Number three, in the interest of time, let's move forward. <clears throat> this is the other side of a very similar coin to that one. We don't think we need to. I don't really suffer from number two as much as I suffer from this one. It goes like this, I'm doing pretty good on my, like, I, don't, I don't verbalize it, but <laughs> this is the posture that I take. Yeah, things are going well. I do things and it happens. I don't think I need God. Now, I don't say it, but certainly my prayer life would demonstrate that. And, you know, um, the problem we have is that it is an illusion at best. Um, a couple of years ago, we had a storm. Do you remember that storm we had? I've had a few storms recently. And we had a huge tree in our garden and it came down in the wind, Pwah, crash. Now, for a period of time, the leaves on it were still very vibrant looking. It had the illusion of life for a period of time. It took a while before the leaves started dying. And I find what happens, the pattern in my life is that when I stop praying because I get busy and I get successful quotes, And I start thinking, well, I don't need God for that situation. And I just stop praying. For a period of time, it looks like that's true. But there comes a while, and it creeps up on me. And I can see, I'm like, wow, things are not going as well as I thought. And I've realized that slowly, slowly, I've moved myself away from spending time in his presence and praying with him. Why do you think it says in Psalm 1 that, Uh, You know, a righteous man is like a man that's planted by the stream so that it would bear good fruit in whatever season. Well, how else do you think you're going to be like that is to be in prayer frequently and persistently. You know, of course, the very famous parable of the vine. You know, we need to be grafted in. We, need to be, we are grafted in by his blood. We need to be rooted in him because it's out of that place of abiding in him is that we bear the fruit and do that which he's called us to do. But we need to be prayerful. Now, I'd like to just direct us to a, a quick parable which is found in Luke 18 um, <clears throat> because this is a really good example of what I'm talking about. Luke 18, 9 to 14. Uh, here we go. The Pharisee and the tax collector He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. This is on a section where Jesus is talking about prayer. He said, two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, (laughs) extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. Can I just say at this point, that was above the law's requirements. This wasn't actually what God had stipulated. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but bare his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. What is the truth in this? The truth in this is that self-righteousness can creep in. And it is very subtle. And it goes along the lines of this. I'm doing everything right. I'm a good person. Therefore, it's going to be okay and I don't need to seek God. The people over there, those sinners, they should be the ones doing praying. That's what's going on in this. And what did Jesus say? You got it wrong. It's a tax collector that's being justified. How many of us enter and approach prayer in a humble heart saying we cannot do anything without you? Lord, I need you. I need you. And, you know, when we pray frequently and persistently, it will help if we enter in with a, with a heart of humility saying I need you. Any point at which I start feeling as if I'm stopping praying, I know pretty much the root of that is this issue for me. I've just become really successful and I'm good with my hands and self-righteousness kind of kicks in a little bit. And he will humble those that are in that position. The fruit starts withering. And if you leave it for too long, it falls off and you have to run into his arms and say, oh, flip. I don't want you to get to that point. Make a decision, make a commitment that every day you have a posture of, I need you, God. I need you, Lord. And number four. Number four is a bit of a biggie, and the reality is we could spend a whole series on this, and indeed a whole day <clears throat> and it 's this: we lose heart and faith because of previous disappointments, and it goes like this: why should I pray? It never happened last time. You know I deal with this in a very real sense with, with one of my daughters. she has uh, an ailment and for, for many years and We constantly pray for her and she will often say, but daddy, what's the point? God doesn't heal me anyway. And I know many of you experience that. It's not just me. I'm not alone. Maybe personally or with family members or with friends. And it is in that moment that one could say, you know what? It's true. What's the point? What's the point? And I'm not going to be able to, in the time that we have here, unpack Why the why of that, you know, just very briefly, our our kingdom theology, our position is that here and not yet, Jesus' kingdom, he declared, is breaking in and breaking through, but he won't be fully consummated until he comes again and he will, when he will establish his rule and his reign. And so, we're in that position, if you like, between D day and V day, it's decisive on the cross. Jesus says, It is finished. But we're working that out through until Jesus comes again. And so, you know, faith is important in prayer. But can I just say, I've seen so many people bound up um, in unanswered prayer where someone said to them, well, it's because your lack of faith that's the issue. Yes, faith is important. We shouldn't minimize that. But it's not as simple as you just don't have the faith, so pray harder. But, you know, I think this is a real issue. And and I'm going to suggest at the end of the service, if this touches your heart and you've got real pain there, that I'd like you to get prayer with our prayer team. Allow the Lord to minister to that. But, you know, there is a wonderful parable that speaks to this very situation, and it's only the section before we read, um, and it's the parable of the persistent widow. Some of you might know this story, and it's Luke 18, and I'm going to read it from verses 1 to 8. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. That's the headline for you guys, all right? He said... And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cried to him day and night? How many of us these days cry day and night? Will he delay long over them? Interesting, isn't it? Will he delay long? It doesn't say there will be no delay. It says delay long. I find that very interesting, actually. And in fact, you know, the psalmist oftentimes would say, Lord, would you come speedily? recognizing that there's sometimes a delay. What about Daniel when um, he was seeking God and the angel came and said, I'm sorry it's been held up by X number of days. I was held up in the spirituals doing battle. I mean, that's the reality. There are many reasons why there's a delay. And let's continue to finish this section off. I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. (laughs) There you go. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, who will find faith on the earth now this parable unlike other parables is more about contrast versus comparison in other words we are not like a widow we are the bride of christ and god is not an unjust god he is a just god and so what jesus is conveying here is listen if an unjust god can answer for a widow how much more will the groom answer for the bride listen that's what god jesus is saying listen I know it's difficult. He says it's difficult, but don't lose heart. You know, there are certain schools of thought that say this, listen, pray once and that's it. Oh, have you heard that? Well, if you pray in faith, that's it. Why pray again? Now, I want to just add to that. There are some situations in my life where I've prayed about something and in my spirit, I have a peace that God's answered that. Have you, you might have experienced this. It's just this peace that says, you know what? Yeah, God's on this. And it's almost like the prayer burden, that unction to pray kind of rolls off me. But there are seasons where I pray and I'm like, I just don't feel i can get any breakthrough. Those are the times that I would keep persisting and be frequent and keep praying in. And you know, if you're wondering, well, where's my prayer at for so-and-so? Am I in the first bit where I feel the Lord has given me peace? Or am I in the second bit where I've got to keep praying? Ask God. Say, Lord, do I need to keep praying about this? Lord... If if the answer's there and it's coming, Lord, then can you just give me a piece about that? And you even say, you know, even speak to other people. Or, Lord, if I need to keep praying, would you continue to just to stir me to pray about whatever that situation is? All right, there's my top four. Let's have them on the screen so you've got them. We get busy and distracted. Shame and guilt hold us back. We think we don't need to. We lose heart and faith. So those are the tactics that I want you to be aware of, because I guarantee all four of these the enemy will be using, like those arrows. But good news, there is a way out of this situation. Now, I would suggest to you that most of the commandments, all the commandments in the Bible, you read and you're like, well, I can't do that on my own. And, the, and that's, that is actually true. Prayer is a spiritual thing. And the actual answer to how you can pray without ceasing is in the very same passage that we read. Let's go back to it again. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. It's this Give thanks in all circumstances. Listen, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. That's the answer. In Christ Jesus. You can't do this without the indwelling Spirit of God in you to enable you to pray. Have you ever heard the phrase, you've got to pray and you're praying? You know, you just start to say, oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for this wonderful... Oh, it's, it's over there. Oh, Lord Jesus, I really pray that... I wonder if I've got any more likes on that photo I took in South Bank. That's not really praying. And sometimes you can start like that. You know, we start off a bit cold, don't we? And then all of a sudden it's like, but Lord, actually, you know what? And then the Spirit... We uh, <clears throat> were at the VLG, the Vineyard Leadership Conference, last week. It was a real blessing to be with over 130 leaders of uh, vineyard churches in the UK. And at the end of uh, the Senior Pastor's Day, I had the privilege of praying with, with some people. And I was praying with a particular guy. And we were just sharing stuff. And we just prayed together. And I think maybe an hour went. And we were just interceding. Like, I, if I'm completely honest with you, my... <laughs> Oh, this is revealing. Oh, it's fine. It's not being streamed anywhere or anything, is it? It's not being recorded. Um, But I started the conversation going, Lord, let's just keep this short and sweet. And I really don't want to offer to pray for him because I'm really tired and I've got to drive back. I knew that was wrong, though. I was like, but Lord, you've got to help me because that is not the right thing to be thinking. And so I started praying from that position like a cold start. I had to get the choke out for those of you who remember those cars with the choke. Oh, no, I flooded the engine. Um, But as I started, I started praying in my prayers. Why? Because it was the Spirit of God that was breathing through me. And you know what? We sometimes need to give prayer time. You need to give prayer time. You need to give prayer. Well done. You guys are on fire. It's the medication I'm taking, obviously. There are side effects of too much Ventolin, I've discovered. Right, I'm going to attempt to bring this plane into land. It might feel a bit bumpy and a lot of wind turbulence as we go, but you're in safe hands. I've done this a few times. (laughs) Right, if you're wondering how do I start, you're in good company because the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, how do we pray? Can I suggest to you Matthew 6, 9, 13, the Lord's Prayer? What a great place to start. If you're ever sitting down and say, right, I'm going to give myself five or ten minutes, start with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Just start there. Oh, bless you. Start there. Or here's another practical tip. You can groan. Lest you think that's not biblical, let us look at Romans 8.26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I've got to be honest with you. My season of late has been more like these prayers than well-articulated prayers. They've really come out of the heart of Lord. It's okay to come with God with a heart of groaning and express it with whatever you have because the Spirit of God in you is guiding you, interceding. You know, Jesus, it says in the scriptures, is our high priest. Did you know what Jesus is doing right now? He's interceding for you, did you know that? Did you know that? And so as we enter in with these groanings, the Spirit intercedes for us. So I hope that's been helpful. What I'd like to do as I end is invite the band up and I'd like you guys to stand because I wanna give us an opportunity to respond to this word Please do stand. Well done, Sue. Very prompt there standing. Good job. And here's a question I want to ask you this morning. Do you want to pray? Pray? You don't have to put your hands up. Persistently and frequently. Oh, bless you. Then I've got some good news for you. Jesus is here. The spirit of the living God is here. And I'm going to pray right now for an indwelling of his spirit upon you and in you. Who's up for that? Okay, then if you want to respond, why don't you hold your hands out like you're going to receive something. Oftentimes our physical posture is a, an indication of where our heart's at. And this might be new to you if you're, if you're new and visiting, bless you. Um, you know, we expect that Jesus is alive today. We don't just talk about it as a historical figure. We talk about a living God who impacts our life today. You know, if you don't come in this building expecting to leave different, then you need to change your mindset, quite frankly. And so we're going to pray right now. I'm going to pray as the band plays in the background. <clears throat> come, Holy Spirit. I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. Come, Holy Spirit. And, like, guys, just be comfortable with the, with the silence. Actually, sorry, band. I know you said play, but we're just going to have silence. Is that all right, Darren? Thank you, buddy. Come, Holy Spirit. And just see the Spirit of the Lord just moving over here, just some people responding. Sometimes, you know, as we encounter the, the power of God, you know, sometimes our bodies respond with a bit of shaking or tremoring, or maybe a bit of a sweating, or you might feel warm. Or you might feel a peace. Come, Holy Spirit. Let's just wait. Some people swaying over there. Thank you, Jesus. More Lord, more Lord. I'm Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you now, Holy Spirit, let me, ask, let me just ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, would you just reveal anything in us of those four things that we're really dealing with at the moment, something that's really prominent for us? Now, I suspect over, out of those four things, maybe one or two is coming to the surface for you. Maybe you know you get too distracted. Maybe you know you're not making prayer a priority. Maybe it is that guilt and shame and habitual sin is the thing that's holding you back. Maybe you think you just don't need it. Maybe you have lost heart and you've given up. If any of those are the particular prominent ones or two, just give that to God and say, Lord, would you help me in that? Do that now. Just in your mind and your heart as you pray. Come Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that whatever area is the issue for us, the problem of prayer that we have, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would come and bring healing, bring life, and bring truth, God. For all those who have responded to this word, Lord, I pray, whether at home or in the building, I pray, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit, you would just come upon them now, that today would mark the start of a season of persistent and frequent prayers. Come Holy Spirit. That is our heart's desire, Lord. We know the flesh doesn't want it. We know the enemy hates it and we know the world thinks it's foolish. But Lord, we are yours. We're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Come Holy Spirit. And I just get the sense that for some of you, You're going to have to be very deliberate and intentional on rejigging your days and your weeks to fit this in. The excuse of no time is not an excuse. You're just telling us what your priority is. We all have the same time. It's what you do with it that's important. And for some of you, you know, you just need to bathe in his presence and receive the love of the Father. To know Deep down that you are his and that he loves you no matter what. And I prophesy now that for some of you, you the Lord has given you a gift of intercession right now. What is intercession? It's standing in the gap for other people that cannot pray. I just pray for the intercessors in this room and the new intercessors that you'd rise them up, you give them courage, you give them boldness, that they would give them a spirit of discernment, Lord, that you would re- roll on them a prayer burden, that they would respond, Lord, that they would pray prayers that would scare the devil, Lord, that would rout hell. Ah, shalom ababakia, shalom ababakia. Yeah, over there, I just see someone just receiving that gift. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Come, Holy Spirit. And I think for some of you, you're gonna enter in a new season of devotion to the Lord and with the Lord and communion with him. And you're going to have a fresh revelation of the love of God in your life. I just pray, Lord, for that now. Come, Lord Jesus. And those words that have been spoken over you that say you're not worth it, I break that off you in Jesus' name.